Football Americas on ESPN Plus is presented uninterrupted by Expedia. And Ali, you were saying before from PSV perspective, that's what happens when you have three US internationals playing. It's, is that what I thought was a little harsh? Is that what I said? I thought that was yeah, just wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I missed that one. I normally say that. Wow. <laughs> oh, you oh, naughty boy. Football Americas are going to be at what? you. <laughs> Definitely. Oh. What? Controversy. Slam. Oh. <laughs> Live and underway, you're on ESPN Plus alongside Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebi Salazar. This is episode 286. And how about that, Herc? Our good friends over at ESPN FC having a laugh at our expense. Not at our expense, at PSV's expense. <laughs> at their expense, what do you want me to do? I wasn't on the field. <laughs> at the U.S. men's national team's expense. I think they were trying to get under our skin. We won't, uh, we won't let them know, but they did succeed. We will talk about uh, PSV in the Champions League. Among the many things coming up on this edition of Football Americas presented by Expedia, we're also going to check in on the U.S. women's national team just finished up against South Africa, the farewell match for Julie Ertz. So we'll have a uh, look back on her wonderful career as well, plus some controversy down in Liga MX involving my beloved Aguilas of Club América and an exclusive conversation with Luca de la Torre, courtesy of our good friend Rodrigo Faez. But Herc, let's start with the latest on Lionel Messi and Inter Miami, who on Wednesday night were facing off against Toronto FC, effectively a must-win for Miami's playoff hopes. And things did not get off to a good start. For the boys in pink, 34th minute, Jordi Alba subbed out, apparently injured and definitely hurt frustrated. Yeah, definitely frustrated. A lot of games. It's very hot, humid. Still got to figure out what's going on there with him. A couple minutes after that, Lionel Messi is also going to head off early. See him here, handing the armband to DeAndre Yedlin. Messi subbed out on 37 minutes after the game. Tata Martino blamed the early exits on fatigue. Said neither Messi or Alba would play on Sunday against Orlando. Of course, next Wednesday is the Open Cup Final against Houston. Perk, are you preaching calm or alarm around Messi's health? Well, it's obviously alarm. It's, it's an alarm because the Golden Goose is, is in, in jeopardy. It's in jeopardy for Inter-Miami. It's in jeopardy for Major League Soccer. It's in jeopardy for a lot of different networks. For us? It's <laughs> for in this jeopardy. show? You can say it? You no, know, I just said a lot of different networks. It's in jeopardy for the thousands of people that have spent thousands of dollars trying to watch him play whether in Miami or elsewhere it's in jeopardy and I'm not buying this fatigue from Tata Martino I want to give him a get lost here I know he's protecting the players and I know that Major League Soccer like a lot of the other sports are in this weird kind of limbo when it comes to disclosing injuries but you can't claim fatigue okay don't claim fatigue when you look at this calendar, when we go to their calendar, mm -hmm. he played against Ecuador, September 7th, World Cup qualifier, okay? Doesn't play against Bolivia. Doesn't play against Atlanta on turf. Then plays against Toronto at home. Those are 13 days that went by. So you can try to lie to everybody else that it's fatigue, but that's a 13-day window where he was resting. Mm. There was, like my gut told me, something initially wrong, and that's why he was taking time off. 
That's why he didn't play against Bolivia. That's why he didn't play against Atlanta. And he felt it last night. How severe or not remains to be the question. But no doubt, this is time to push that alarm button. Herc, to give people just a little bit of context on how rare this is, this is only the eighth time in 937 career stat starts that Messi has been subbed off before the half. The last time it happened was late 2018. I believe it was when he broke his arm, if memory serves. So it is very, very rare, and it is in extreme cases that Lionel Messi comes off this early. Herc, I'm not a fireman. But whatever the maximum alarms you can hit, five alarms, I'm hitting them here. Uh, one for Inter-Miami. I think the playoff chase here is over. Of course they get three huge points I don't know about against that. Toronto FC. Well, here's the thing, Herc. We know you're going to be managing minutes for now, not just Lionel Messi, but Jordi Alba as well down the stretch. I think it was always going to be a Herculean task for them to, to get over the line here. And basically with what seven games left they had to go 21 of 21 no that's to get you that's to get you to 49 points which still doesn't really guarantee you that you're going to get in Herc. it was going to be it was going to be something sensational with Messi and Albert full strength and that's not what they have that on top of that now Herc, the reality is the open cup is in jeopardy because you're six days away you go. with muscular injuries that. yes and you're going up against a Houston team that is not <clears throat> this is not some other team from the other side of the bracket this is a Houston team that is rolling right now. They're top four in the West. They just smashed Vancouver last night 4-1. Only St. Louis in the Western Conference has more wins than Houston. Not LAFC, not Seattle. This is a really good Houston team. So I think from an Inter-Miami perspective, the competitive perspective, everything's up in the air right now. And to your point, Herc, about kind of everything else in the atmosphere, in the world, around Lionel Messi, that light was very bright when he's there. But boy, when he's not there... That light disappears. We saw it in the game against Toronto FC. As soon as he gets hurt, with the playoffs still very much on the line, what happened to the fans in the stadium, Herc? They were, they were gone. What happened to the ticket prices in Atlanta when everybody found out Messi wasn't going to play? They dropped by 95%. Everything hangs on this guy, Herc. So in, in every capacity, both from an on-field, but really even more so, Herc, from an off-field perspective, I'm sounding the alarms. It's been a great run with Lionel Messi and MLS. But you take away Messi from MLS, what are the MLS Cup playoffs? Who cares? Uh, Seb, I turned it off after he went out. There you go. I'm, I get paid and for you this. you do this and for I, a living. I turned they it off. They pay you to watch the games. They, I turned it off. I got other things to do. Because that's what I had to do is watch Messi, not watch Inter Miami. Now, it seems when I talk, you don't listen. You're right about the Open Cup. Houston's a different animal. It's going to be a very difficult game. If it's a muscular injury, which most likely seems like it is, based on Tata Martino and his comments today about a pre-existing old injury, maybe some scar tissue there, whatever the case may be, it doesn't just go away in six days. This might be something he has to play with if he can play, and that's not an ideal situation. That's a fine. Now, as far as the playoffs, when I talk, why don't you listen? It's not 21 out of 21. I explained this last week, okay? The magic number is 41-42, okay? That's the average of the teams that make it in that ninth place position over the last four years if you exclude the 2020 season, which was a COVID season, that bubble, MLS, we are back, et cetera, et cetera. This is doable for them. Listen. Perfect. Her Listen. How many points can the they drop? How many points can they drop, realistically? They can drop three games, okay? It's realistic. Now, Seb, Seb, who wants to see them do it without Messi 
is the main question They won't here. do it. Nobody. They won't do it. Well, listen, you're going to be eating a lot of crow, and I'm sure you're used to it, but a lot of other people, <laughs> too, because, listen, D.C. United just lost their starting goalkeeper, and they're in that prime position. Miami's they, gotten better, and I, some could argue, you know what, sometimes without Messi, they look better. Messi's the main draw. Messi's the guy you want in the biggest of moments. He's the guy you want in the biggest of moments. Better without Lionel Messi. You heard That's it here exactly first. That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said. No, but they did, hey, they did turn it up last night, and those three points were very, very very valuable. It, Sometimes it those the games, they don't need Messi. He can actually be resting. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see, man. I, I don't think if you're managing his minutes, and I think you're going to have to, that, that you can really get into the playoffs doing that from where Inter-Miami is right now. Let's talk World Cup 2026, which Lionel Messi won't exactly commit to. But why are we talking World Cup 2026? Well, because we got to decide where the final's going to be. Now, let's go back to Sunday. Dallas Cowboys playing against the Jets, I believe. Gianni Infantino, the FIFA president, in attendance at AT&T Stadium. And Herc, he was booed. Well done, Dallas. <laughs> As he should be. Um, he was there, obviously, schmoozing. Jerry Jones schmoozing. Uh, the city officials uh, seeing what he can do. Maybe, just maybe, a World Cup final location. There it is. So AT&T among the favorites to host the World Cup Final. Also on the list of favorites to host the World Cup Final, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Or so we thought. The Athletic reporting that tensions are rising between FIFA and Crunky Sports and Entertainment, who of course own SoFi Stadium. Why is the tension? Well, Crunky's group are unhappy with the FIFA deal to host World Cup games and have reportedly threatened to walk away from hosting World Cup matches entirely unless FIFA redo the deal. Hark, this calls for a borderline red. Are the Cronkies threatening to sink Los Angeles's World Cup bid? <laughs> Can I read you something? The athletic, the athletic in their fabulous reporting that they always do in this story. The athletic has been told, okay, the athletic has been told that FIFA officials have been surprised by the tenacity of U.S. cities and stadium owners during these discussions. And they're experiencing a very different dynamic to the relationship they've experienced in the 2022 tournament in Qatar. <laughs> Does that surprise anybody? I'm so torn here, Seb. Mm -hmm. I'm so torn here, Seb. Defend a money-grubbing MLS stadium owner or defend a money-grubbing FIFA corrupt mm. organization. Like, I don't know what to do here. Like, I don't know who comes off worse. I mean... Did you not read the fine print? Did you not know this was going to happen, how the revenue share was going to be before you decided to make SoFi Stadium one of the L.A., uh, I guess, just cities or, or host cities? I mean, mm -hmm. it could have been the Rose Bowl, which already hosted a final. Yep. No, but yep. you wanted SoFi. Like, is there no – just I don't know how that works in the business world. Yeah. And it's also not World Cup final ready, by the way, also. so The dimensions. Dimension-wise, dimension yes. yeah. So, I listen, I, I don't know – how to even go about deciding who comes off words here. Yeah. Uh, I, here's what I, I'll say, Herc. I do feel like with all the competition that there's out there, we know New York has a very strong bid as well. They're trying to get the World Cup final. You saw Gianni Infantino. He wasn't in Dallas for no reason. Obviously, he's checking out AT&T Stadium as a potential venue for the final. There is stiff competition. And if the owner of SoFi Stadium is being difficult... I don't think it'll cost L.A. games, but it could cost L.A. the final, Herc, and that, that would oh, certainly be a shame. Oh, they're not in the shame. final contention. No. You don't think so? No, 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 because they won't, they won't remove dimensions of – it's about ripping up stadium seating for L.A., for SoFi to be in contention. They won't do that. So we're talking about right now just being in the World Cup, Seb. Mm -hmm. This final's between 
Arlington and New York, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the Meadowlands. That's where the final is right now. LA is not in contention because the brilliant architecture and oversight of not having the world's game being able to pl be played in your stadium because of dimensions mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Something that Jerry Jones, because they will rip up uh, stadium seating to accommodate FIFA, they will do that. So it's not going to be in L.A. The final will not be in L.A., at least not in SoFi. Yeah, but you can't abandon L.A. entirely. I mean, FIFA cannot come to the United States and abandon Los Angeles. Go to the Rose Bowl. Even if you don't get a final, the Rose Bowl is an, is an amazing venue. You won't have the luxury seating and all that stuff that you venue? get. Yeah, it's historic. Like you said, it hosted the 1994 World Cup final, a bunch of that other huge games. Why, why, couldn't you why couldn't you have it at the Rose Bowl? Listen... The Rose Bowl. Remember that Leeds Cup showcase? You couldn't place. even take a corner kick in, in SoFi Stadium. Hold on. You and I were at the Leeds, Leeds Cup showcase. It was about five, almost six hours of, of mm -hmm. soccer, of football madness, of some of the biggest teams in North America between MLS and, and Liga Mekis. I was at the Super Bowl, okay, before that. It didn't come close to the atmosphere. It was one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen, I've ever experienced. You were there, okay? It was something else. Rose Bowl is not the easiest to get in and out of. It's not the greatest fan. This is such a, this is such a dad argument. Oh, I got to load the kids up in the car. I used it's to live in Pasadena. No, no, no. I used to live in Pasadena. It's not the greatest experience, okay? It, it doesn't have the bells and whistles of uh, Arlington. It doesn't have the bells and whistles of New York. It doesn't have the bells and whistles of a SoFi Stadium, which is one of the best stadiums in the world, which is why this shocks me. Okay. All right, well. Maybe the Brazilians who were there in 94. I'm sure they enjoyed the Rose Bowl. I'm sure every least. field will have grass, too, though. All right, we got uh, some La Liga this weekend on ESPN+. Plus. Ooh, the Madrid Derby. Real Madrid against Atletico. Coverage begins at 2 o'clock Eastern time right here on ESPN+. Plus. That's Sunday afternoon. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. From the USA, he was born in Germany but switched back to the USA last year. Along comes Ricardo Pepe. Scored for the USA against the man in a friendly. All right, Herc, the Champions League is back, and it's time to hand out some superlatives from match week one as we focus on players from CONCACAF. We're going to start with the best moment from match week one. 
It comes from late in PSV's 4-0 loss against Arsenal on Wednesday in Group B action. When Ricardo Pepe was subbed on in the 90th minute, it became the first time ever that three U.S. internationals played in the same Champions League game. As you saw at the top of the show, the ESPN FC boys had some fun <clears throat> with that. It seems like an accomplishment, Herc. What does it mean overall for U.S. soccer? Listen, it's, it's a step in, a, in the right direction. It means something, right? But it would mean a hell of a lot more if they weren't getting spanked 4-0 <laughs> in the process. Right. It would gone mean a hell of a lot more if they weren't playing for a Dutch team that had a playing game to get to that position. It would mean a hell of a lot more if it was for a team like City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, mm -hmm. that type of stature, that type of team. It would mean so much more. But listen, I'm old enough to remember the days when you had one, two, maybe three Champions League representatives, representative, excuse me, for the U.S. men's national team. So this is a step in the right direction, and it's affirmation of what you're doing is working, but you need to keep going because right now you're here, and I mean here in the most respectful way, but the goal is to get here. The goal mm. is to get to those prime A teams. It could have gone better, not just for the Americans, but for PSV. Maybe they should have started Chucky Lozano. I'm just saying that might have helped. Oh, that was it, yes. Uh, I don't know if you saw, Serginho Dest is the only one of the Americans that started the game. And he was on his Instagram, Herc, and I sent you this via text earlier. I don't know if you saw it. He didn't have his best defensive performance. You pointed that out on Twitter. But he put some of his offensive clips after a, what was the final score? 4 nothing defeat <clears throat> on his Instagram. Uh, impromptu, are you cool with it? <laughs> As I said, Come on, I, that's a hack move. You can say that's a hack move. Let, After, me, let me talk. Let me talk. As I said on social media, okay, mm -hmm. there are public figures who don't handle their own social media, don't handle their own Twitter accounts, Instagram accounts, et cetera, et cetera. I'm hoping that's the case here. <laughs> I'm hoping he himself didn't say, man, look how I cooked. Look how I <laughs> balled out and put those clips online for the world to see because it's one of the most... Just space cadet moments if that's the actual case. I'm giving him the benefit of the mm -hmm. doubt and thinking to myself, nah, he would not do that. It must have been somebody who handles the social media. There is no way this man said, I just got spanked 4-0. Let me go put up some moves and me dancing on the ball. Yeah. Impact on the national team, it's worth, worth noting. The Emirates experience is, is probably valuable for some of these guys. And I just think it's worth pointing out, Herc, the depth that this signifies. Because Serginho Des starts this game. He's the only starter that's playing in this Champions League that we're talking about. Malik Tillman, Ricardo Pepe, forget being U.S. starters, Herc. They didn't even make the last World Cup team. That's how deep the U.S. pool is. You got They're guys both 20 who as well. didn't... No, no, no. I, I know that. But, but it was six months ago, Herc. You got guys who did not make the U.S. World Cup team that are playing Champions League group phase games Good point. against Arsenal, man. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, you never would have... You, yeah, rare, right? You never would have dreamed. <laughs> no, it's uh, a very good point. I'm being honest. It's a great point. Would be this deep. All right, let's go to the quote of match week one from Champions League. And it comes from Eric Ten Hag of Manchester United discussing Alfonso Davies of Bayern Munich. Of course, they faced off in Champions League play. And Ten Hag was talking about his decision to start Facundo Pelistri. Okay, so here's what he's talking about. Pelistri is doing very well over a long period. He came from South America, and to start against Brighton would be a tough journey. Today, I think tactically, it's, it fits very good because Alfonso Davies is very offensive. He's got a lot of speed, and Pelistri can match that. Davies is not a great defender. 
and his dribbling. So yeah, a good game for Pelly Street to start. Bayern Munich would go on to win the game four to three. Herc, are you buying what Ten Hag says about Alfonso Davies here? No, and that's a very generous four to three, by the way. That's yes. one of the most like flattering. F- yes, flattering yes. score lines I've seen in quite some time. No, absolutely not. Like Pelistri is a player who's still trying to establish himself in the world's game. He's got like three professional goals to his name in his career. Whether it's Uruguay or La Liga or the Premier League, he's still trying to establish himself. Alfonso Davies, I mean, has been touted as one of the, one of the best left backs in the world. He's mm-hmm. in that pool of players. He's probably the only CONCACAF player that you could say is world class right now. He's the Agreed. only one. Agreed. Okay? He's been that guy for Bayern. He's been that guy at the biggest of levels. To discount who he is, to play down his defensive abilities, is this one of the many things that Eric Ten Hag has done at his time in United that are mind-numbing, that just don't yeah. make any sense? If he was trying to motivate his player, if he was, which I don't know why, this was pre-game, this was actually before the game, he didn't try to motivate him by putting it as your own bulletin board material for your player to see that you back him. You said it's right before the game. You put it out there right before to the universe, and you just set your guy up to fail is really all you did. Yeah. I think he was just being classically blunt, right? And I think he's answering the question. Obviously, it didn't go well either for him on a personal level or for Manchester United here. It's it's interesting because Ten Hag's been having a, a, a rough go of it, I would say, in terms of what comes out of his mouth of late. There's been a lot of complaints, a lot of, I think, what you would describe as excuse-making. Uh, but I don't really want to pick on Eric Ten Hag here. I want to make this more about Alfonso Davies because... I think this is actually getting at something else. I actually think Davies is a pretty good defender. We, we focus on his speed and we th- think about it from an attacking. His speed bails out Bayern Munich a lot in terms of defense. He is, when he turns on that speed, his recovery speed, what he can, the plays that he can make, maybe not elite, but I think very, very good. The reality, Herc, though, here is that Alfonso Davies is not really a defender. That's not me saying that. That's Alfonso Davies saying that. He was, I think, doing a podcast over the summer talking about the decision to go to Bayern Munich. He said he was brought on as Aryan Robin's replacement. He, he describes himself being kind of stuck at left back. I think there's a bigger conversation here about what Alfonso Davies' actual best position is. And I think Alfonso Davies would agree with me. I don't think it's actually left back. I think it's further up the field. No, no. That's his favorite position is up the field. His best position is his left back. He's not playing at an elite level as a winger or any else in that front line. Not at Bayern Munich, no. Do you think he's going to play in one of those teams as a winger? No, absolutely not. There's a reason in his time at Bayern Munich he's never played in that position. He is an elite, world-class left back. He has been for quite some time. Listen, that tactical part of his game, okay, at times can get him in trouble. He got megged versus United, right? But his Speed, the makeup speed, just the, the, the ability to, to make up that ground is so world-class, so elite that it sets him apart from so many players. And he's got technical ability. He's got speed, decision-making. He's got directness to his game. Mm. But it all comes from that left-back position. There aren't these top teams in the world, the cities of the world, the Manchester Uniteds of the world, the, the you know. Real Madrid Real has Madrid been linked to Alfonso We're going to take yeah. a chance on you as a winger. No, they see mm. you as a left-back. All right, shutting down Alfonso Davies' dreams of playing left wing at the top level. Let's get to the, speaking of, disappointment of match week one out of the Champions League. It may be a disappointment, but I don't feel like it can be much of a surprise because we kind of saw it coming, right? The reports were out. Christian Pulisic not starting for AC Milan in their scoreless draw 
against Newcastle. He did get in the game. He came on in the 61st minute, replacing Samuel Chukweze. Uh, this game in Milan ended 0-0. So some disappointment there for sure. Yeah, but not a surprise. Maybe disappointment for a bit because everybody in Milan was abysmal. But Chukweze showed us few bright spots here and there, so that could be something. Okay. Uh, I would say this, you know, there's there's kind of a discussion whether this was a benching or a rotation, Herc. I, I want to feel like it's more rotation than benching. No, the guy was voted the best player of the – he was voted player of the month for AC Milan. You think you're just going to bench him like that and it's over? The chance has gotten – no, I think he built up no. some equity. Yeah. No, I, I'd agree with you there. I don't think it's over. I just think, uh, you know, generally it, it, there was some discussion whether Pioli had, had – Favor Chukwese over Pulisic. I think you just got a lot of guys. You got to keep everybody happy. Overall, though, even though it's 0-0, which is not good for AC Milan in the group of death, it is good for Christian Pulisic because the attack did not look good without him, Herc. It's not like they came to life without him. They couldn't score against Newcastle. So if you're looking for an argument to get back into the lineup, we know we might see Yunus Musa for AC Milan this weekend. Having the team struggle against Newcastle, I actually think helps his case. Yeah, I think what helps this case is uh, when Rafa Leao looked his best, he's been running and gunning next to Christian Pulisic and Olivier Giroud in that front line. I think that's what most helps his case. I've seen Rafa Leao enough to know that he kind of picks and chooses and he can go moping around, but when he has Christian Pulisic and they're running together, he looks pretty happy. He didn't look happy versus Newcastle. I was, uh, I guess we were all disappointed not to see Christian Pulisic in the starting 11. I was disappointed not to see Santi Jimenez this week, of course, his uh, grandfather passed away, but a, a great player that we look forward to big things from in the championship. I think he was Quickly serving there. a one-game suspension as well. And the suspension yes. uh, as well. Feyenoord anyway, getting the 2 nothing victory over Celtic. I do think they have a pretty good shot to advance. What about the embarrassment, Herc? This belongs to Belgian club Royal Antwerp, who accidentally left U.S. international Sampines off their Champions League roster. Well, guess what? They could have used them. They shipped five against Barcelona. Oh, that was it. Sammy Vines. He would have been all over Joao Felix. That was it. Uh, I mean, that's a matchup you know you need. Okay, okay. Uh, no, maybe. Listen, I feel gutted for the guy. Like, he wasn't registered. The guy played in both games to qualify, like the playing game for the Champions League. He went 90 minutes in the return leg, and you forgot to add him on here? That's just scandalous. Somebody definitely lost their job over that, right? That's that's a pretty bad bad mistake. I, I would I would not think that that would be something that you could rebound from if you were an administrator there uh, at Royal Antwerp. Let's get to the move of match week one. And after, did we go to Sergio Des Instagram feed for this? Because I do think it is Des from that PSV Arsenal game cutting up Ben White, I believe. Yeah, Benny Blanco. He muscled him. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, draws a yellow card, too. Look at uh, that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Listen, I, I said it. Serginho can go offensively with the ball at his foot with the best of them. You know? It's, it's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not what his worries are. That's not where he should be worried. But, yeah, I guess. Found it in the thought mob rated. Put it on Instagram. Run it back time. Europa Conference League edition. Mark McKenzie with the late equalizer for Gank against Fiorentina. This guy goes, I don't even know how many games for Philadelphia Union and Gank not scoring a goal, not being a threat. And all of a sudden, every corner kick, this guy is like Cristiano Ronaldo, the massive threat in the box. Hey, man. Big goal right there in Conference League play, McKenzie. Of course, plays for the Belgian club. The first goal by an American in European competition this year, Herc, goes to Dante Polvara, 
who plays for Aberdeen of Scotland here against Eintracht Frankfurt. This is a good thing. You spoke about the three players who didn't make the World Cup. You have players playing in Europa League, American players that you didn't even know existed, scoring mm -hmm. goals. Went to Georgetown. Uh, this game, by the way, against Eintracht Frankfurt, which had Paxton Aronson in the starting lineup. Frankfurt would come back to win by a final score of 2-1. to one. Interesting story, Herc. Josh Cohen, remember him? The American goalie played for Maccabee Haifa, got some Champions League games in. Uh, last year was in a U.S. camp this June. Well, according to The Athletic, his representatives have filed a complaint to MLS alleging Atlanta United violated MLS rules while trying to sign the player. Cohen was unattached, which means he had to go through the discovery process. Herc, is the problem here with Atlanta United or Major League Soccer's complicated rule book? It's these stupid rules, these stupid mechanisms. I mean, just make your league look so amateur hour. Think about a discovery list and who's on the discovery list. Like you need, oh, Josh Cohen, is he playing against PSG? And he's also playing against Benfica. And, and hey, Juventus? Atlanta United scouting and, department. And you got to give them credit. They have Paramount Plus. They put can watch the, the Champions League. Yeah. Slot on. Put him on the list too. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yep. Get mm -hmm. him on there. Oh, Neymar. Yeah, might as well. What are you, what's going on here where, where this is a viable option in 2023? Listen, I've been part of these stupid MLS rules and these mechanisms where if they make you a bona fide offer mm -hmm. or what they assume is a bona fide offer, you don't have free agency when you come back. You could have nothing to do with the league and you come back and some other team has to negotiate your rights with your last team. They got to pay them money for you to go there. Like, in what world does that play? How is FIFA not all over this? This limits the player. It makes the league look silly. It, this is just bad. Listen, I know there's... No press is bad press. This is just bad press. This is amateur hour. This is 2020, the, the year of our Lord, and Messi is in the league, and these things are being highlighted. Could you imagine this news going around the rest of the world, and people are like, what's going on here? I mean, that's it's my question. Dumb. Like, how does it help the league? It, it, what is the mechanism by which this helps the league? Like, if I'm, if I'm thinking big picture, and I'm thinking about the, the image of the league worldwide, if players don't feel like they can choose their destination, we've always heard... A, a league of choice, a destination league. Well, th neither of those things are apparently true of, of MLS. The reporting here is very interesting, right? Because MLS is claiming that no rule was broken. Um, within the rules, though, Herc, I, I think, I don't know what term you use. What, what I'm reading here is you have to make an objectively, objectively reasonable offer, okay? A reasonable offer. Now, Josh Cohen played, as you said, in the Champions League, was called into U.S. camp, Atlanta offered him what? An Atlanta United 2 contract? Yes. I mean, that's not that's not reasonable, Herc. I'm sorry. Quick personal story of my time in Major League Soccer. I was negotiating a contract with the Kansas City Wizards at the time. Um, and it was something like, I think I was making 52 at the time. And I wanted to make, it was like a four-year scale thing from like 150 to like 225. They come back at the end of the year uh, after they stopped talking to me and they said, listen, Four years every year, $70,000, here you go. Take it or leave it. Oh. I left it. I went yeah. to Mexico, won a goal-scoring title. My, my career kind of took off from there. Um, when I tried coming back to Major League Soccer, even before I tried coming back to Major League Soccer, the Kansas City Wizards still retained my rights because they made me a bona fide, bona fide offer. $70,000 a year was a bona fide offer. This is the same thing. You're yeah. holding up a player's rights for ransom, or to the highest bidder in this case. When I came back to Major League Soccer, Toronto FC had to negotiate 
years later, okay, mm -hmm. 2015, 16, if I don't, uh, if I recall correctly. 15, I think. Yes. 15. Years mm -hmm. later, they had to pay money so I can go to Toronto. It's, it's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my life. It, it makes the league look amateur hour. Um, yes, it's very much a gentleman's pact, if you will, except mm -hmm. it's written. And the fact that FIFA hasn't been involved or gotten involved is beyond me. Uh, credit to Tom Bogert there, who was uh, great with his reporting for The Athletic, as always. Bundesliga coming up on ESPN Plus this weekend. Some huge uh, games. Bayern Munich, they play early Saturday. But we've got Borussia Dortmund, Wolfsburg. That's also a 9.30 a.m. Eastern time uh, kickoff on Saturday. Gladbach's playing Saturday. Union Berlin playing Saturday. Hoffenheim playing Saturday. And then uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, where, of course, Paxton Aronson plays. Uh, they're on Sunday. A busy weekend of the Bundesliga right here on ESPN+. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Never met a match I couldn't handle. No one else could ever hold a candle. Women's national team first game back after the World Cup in Cincinnati. TQL Stadium taking on South Africa. Julie Ertz capped 123 for farewell in Cincinnati. What a moment. When I got to a point to be able to choose myself when I could step away, and I do feel like I could step away and be like, it's not because mama can't play. Mama can play. <laughs> she just has just adapted my priorities and I think that just comes with age. And if I retired five years ago, if I retired in 10 years, like the day that you choose the sport that you know your whole life is just a sad day. <laughs> Mama can play, put it on a t-shirt and sell it. Minute 32, US Women's National Team strike 
through Lynn Williams. Didn't get to the back of the net, but it crossed the line. Yeah, it crosses the line. Unfortunate right here for the South African defender. Lynn Williams all alone. It looked like it just went over. All right, a little set piece magic. Something for the U.S. to build on. They take the 1-0 lead. A couple minutes later, another American goal. Alex Morgan, beautiful ball to Trinity Rodman. Yeah, this is actually a play that Julie Ertz herself kind of starts. Uh, out in the break, and then Alex Morgan opens space, finds Trinity Rodman. She's not going to miss from there. 35th minute, when it all came to an official end, Julie Ertz subbed off. There you see the tears. Somewhat fitting, I think, that it was Andy Sullivan who replaced her on the field. Yeah, handing of the torch, if you will, and what a legend. Look at that. Julie Ertz saying goodbye in Cincinnati as the U.S. Uh, held on to a 2-0 lead. Her parents there in attendance. 41st minute. Another American goal from a corner kick. Lynn Williams. Make it two. Yeah, I mean, just a penchant for being in the right place, right time. Nobody on her gets her second of the night. A sick assist from Lindsey Horan. U.S. in Cincinnati. 3-0 winners over South Africa. Lynn Williams the brace. But Julia, it's very much the hero. Well, I was really excited that we scored kind of right before. It just felt like a, a really good ending to say bye. I just, I've always known I love the sport. And that moment, I think, I'm even just, I don't know, the 35 minutes that, that I was blessed to have, I, I just could just feel it. You know, I could feel how much I loved it. So I, I'm so grateful. I am. I'm just, it was, it was a joy. What a career it was for Julie Ertz. Debuted with the national team in 2013, but really a stalwart from 2015 through 2019. A two-time World Cup winner that can also claim an Olympic bronze medal from the Tokyo Olympics two years ago. Of course, Julie Ertz wrapped up her NWSL career with Angel City. They're an expansion team a couple years ago. More expansion news. The league awarding a new franchise to Boston. The team will start playing in 2026, making it the 15th team in the NWSL. Utah Royals Bay FC will launch next year. There is, of course, a previous history in Boston with the National Women's Soccer League. The Boston Breakers folded just before the 2018 season. This iteration of Boston's NWSL side will play its games at White Stadium in Franklin Park in Boston. The ownership group is promising major upgrades to the facility. I think the the level of football here is higher, obviously, um, both the physically and and technically. Um, I think that the main thing is, 
as a midfielder, when, when you're pressing, it's really important to, to not get beat. Um, you know, to make fouls when you have to, because if you don't do that against these players, first of all, you're never going to win the ball, um, and second of all, they're going to they're going to go by you and, and they're going to score. Um, so that was something I think I really had to add to my game when I made this step. Look at, do you see yourself, you know, at the end of your uh, career, to play at the at the MLS again? Yeah, it's possible. Why not? Um, I I have no idea. I mean, the MLS is is definitely growing. Uh, as a league, um, you know, I travel a lot with the national team, and when I'm in America, we uh, we train and play at MLS stadiums and facilities, and I have to say they're incredible. All of them are brand new, so there's a lot of investment there in in facilities and in the teams. So I mean, it seems like it's going to be a a league that's going to keep getting better and better. Would you recommend your your teammates to to play for for La Liga? In La Liga, yeah, of course. Uh, it's a great league, I think. Yeah, right now I'm the only I'm the only one, but we had a few players before uh, that were here. Um, yeah, the more the better. Do you see yourselves doing something important in the next World Cup? I think we have to have that belief. I think also as Americans, you you're kind of told that when you're a kid that you can you know do something special, you can be whatever you want to be, um, and I have that feeling in the team that the players really believe that we can do something special, which is the first step. You know, there's no guarantee that it can happen, but at least people think it's possible. So I think it's, yeah, it can happen. Talking about uh, mostly in the mental way, uh, try to say, okay, we are able to win Barcelona. They are players just like us. Uh, you know, how do you see that? Yeah, I don't have that feeling at all. Uh, from the games we played against Barca and, and Madrid last season. They're very good players, of course, but in those games you always have the feeling if we take our chances, then we can win, of course. Um, so we just have to go with the, the intention to, to create something and to make the most of it. In that term, uh, who is the player that you like the most in Barcelona? Yeah, they have yeah, very good midfielders. Um, I like Pedri a lot. When I was playing in, um, in Holland, Uh, the fans of the club called me uh, Frankie de Jong from Aldi, which is like uh, Frankie de Jong from a cheap, like knockoff uh, <laughs> supermarket, uh, which I guess was a, a compliment. All right, our boy Luca de la Torre, roughed up there, still uh, wearing the battle scars from his time with the national team. Here's a look at his stats before and after the departure of manager Chacho Cudet, who left in November of last year, a big uptick in games played and contributions for Luca De La Torre, now with Celta de Vigo. They'll be in action on Saturday in La Liga against Barcelona, who are rolling right now. Should be a great game. Coverage starts at noon Eastern time right here on ESPN Plus, your home for La Liga. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, let's get the Liga Mekis, where Club America does what they always do. Win. Two to one away at Querétaro on Wednesday. A victory that puts America top of the table. The goals came from Diego Valdez and Igor Lishnovsky, which is where the controversy was. Originally ruled no goal because of a foul, then overturned because of VAR. You can imagine that made some people very, very upset, starting with Querétaro's manager. Los, estoy viendo los periodistas, los que, los que analizan, todo fue FAU. Entonces el árbitro no tuvo los pantalones para marcar el, el FAU de lo que había marcado. Está clarita la imagen. Entonces, yo, hoy estoy muy enojado, porque bueno, el América no necesita de eso para, para, para ser superlíder o para, ser, este, para ganarle a Querétaro. A Querétaro. Está y habla mal de ustedes si no le preguntaron lo que, lo que vieron en la cancha. Entonces, creo que empecemos por ahí. Después el partido tiene un montón de análisis, un montón. Donde nosotros en el primer tiempo tuvimos cuatro o cinco cabezazos donde podríamos haber marcado el segundo gol. Después es el América, muchachos. Es el, es el América. Pero me molesta, me molesta que, que realmente ayuden al América cuando no lo necesitan. No lo necesitan. Otto Herker, the manager of Querétaro, taking shots at everybody, Herc, including his own team? Yeah, what is that? Amer America doesn't need help to be Querétaro. Querétaro, like it's, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, we're bad, bro. We're bad. Yeah. We know. All right. Um, all right. I'm not going to give him a get lost here, okay? There is a lot of controversy on this play, Seb, Okay. Mm. It seems to everybody like Club America got away with one. Now, was this a foul? Okay? No. Yes. No. Listen, listen. Yes, it's a foul. Oh, listen to what I'm saying. Soccer's not a contact sport. Listen to what I'm saying. That's what the referee called a foul. Okay? And then VAR says, hey, have another look. To mm -hmm. us, it's clear and obvious. And that's the only way VAR can intervene. If it's mm -hmm. clear and obvious, mm -hmm. and he goes and has another look, mm -hmm. and he reverts the call. This is where I have a problem with it. This is not on Club America. I've said many times, Mexican football, Liga Mekis has the worst officiating in all of CONCACAF, okay? Because nobody's as bad with so many resources. They're not capacitated in Liga Mekis to run VAR. Okay, this is insane to me. It's a very polemic call. Yes, it is, because I've seen so many different people say, that's a foul, and other people say, that's not a foul. But the moment you call it a foul, the only way you can call that back, take it away, bark and intervene, and you could actually reverse it if it's 100% clear and obvious. Mm -hmm. This to me is not clear and obvious, okay? I don't think it's a foul, okay? Soccer, football is a contact right. sport. If you slow down an image, it looks worse. If you take a still photo, you can say, look, he touched him. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. The adaptation or interpretation of this law is what put everybody in trouble here. So, yes, America got away with one, well, excuse me, and Gerk should not get lost. All right. Querétaro got away with one, too, then. Because on the very the, same what, play, no, 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 no. Querétaro's no, 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 defenders no. hanging we're all not, over Quiñones. We're not, we're not discussing the officiating okay. as a whole. So we're we don't care that, that we got the right call. We're discussing the play. We, we, we're, we're mad now that America 
that the correct call was made and that it happened to favor America. Right? It was not the correct call, Seb. It was the correct call, Herc. No. You are not capacitated. You are not a referee. There were multiple officials in the VAR who are trained Seb, who thought it was they enough. They didn't use and VAR the right way. And then the referee way. himself goes over to the video and looks at it. There's three, at least three trained officials that said it wasn't a foul. Seb, and you got a problem with not, that? That's Because it's not. That's not how the word, that's not how VAR works. That's the word. You're not understanding how VAR works. Do you think that's 100% clear and obvious? Listen, Herc, clear and obvious is, is a misnomer. Oh, There's, clear and obvious is not what you, you think misnomer? is clear and obvious is not what I think is clear and obvious. Clear and obvious is a disastrous reference in the rule book because what no, you no, think no, is no, clear no, and Seb. obvious is not universal. That's not how it works. Of course it's universal. No, the people in that booth thought it was clear and obvious. They said to overturn it. The referee then went over and with his own eyes looked at it again, what he'd seen live, Seb. and said, yes, it's clear Seb. and obvious. I should overturn this. Seb. You're just mad it was America. Settled Everybody's just mad it was America. Settle down. Settle down. I told you this is not an America. This is a bad call and a bad interpretation of the rule. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm getting at. So he should. He should. If they said, hey, that's a goal, mm -hmm. the same rule applies. They can't go back and bar and say it's not a goal because it's not clear and obvious. That's what I'm trying to get to you. That's what I'm trying to have you understand. Okay. It's how they interpret this. I didn't think it was a foul. Did, did you think it was a foul? No, but I can okay. honestly see how, it, how somebody else okay. can say it's a foul. That's what I'm saying. It's not clear and obvious. Mauro Herc in his comment says everybody, everybody saw that it was a foul. That's loser talk. No, that's loser he talk. said that's that the referee even but saw that's it was not a true. foul. Not everybody foul. thought it was a foul. And did he he's, have he's the to go in there and say, yes, it was a oh, foul? Come on, come on. Come on, Seb. You, you think the referee's that worried about it? Please, this is loser talk. This is talk from a guy who's got two wins in eight. His, team's, his team is fading, and that's, that's you're seeing a desperate manager. What, desperate what, Your manager. America went further than Querétaro and League's Cup? My America right now is first in the table. Can I tell you about something about your America? First in the table. False. First in the False. table, buddy. Can I tell you something real Thank quick? Thank you, producer Beto. What a, what a great production. No, I need, I need you to see this. This first place is fallacy. Okay, ah. <laughs> eight of the teams they played are between. Oh, excuse me, uh, eight now, of the teams they played. Now what? America has a favorable schedule now too. You gonna tell me next? Oh, can I can, can I tell you something about this? Can yeah, I get thirty sure, seconds here? Another conspiracy theory. Give me thirty sure. seconds here, okay? okay. Give mm -hmm. me thirty seconds here. Mm -hmm. They're in first place, eight games played, right? Mm -hmm. Out of those eight teams they played, five of those teams are in place, thirteenth through eighteenth, last place, okay? They just coming off of five straight home games. Okay? Mm -hmm. The three teams that aren't 13th through 18th place, mm -hmm. one of those teams is Chivas in 6th place, the other team is Atlas in 8th place, and Juarez, who is in 3rd place, who, by the way, happened to beat America. Mm -hmm. So, take it for what it is, Seb. If you want to rely on this is the best team, I got news for you. Look, halfway through the season, America being at the top of the table is good. But it's not what matters. Huge weekend, by the way, coming up in Liga Mekis. We got your uh, Tigres against Rayados. We got, what, Chivas Pachuca on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, América Toluca. So some, uh, some very big games yes, there. Sir. In Liga MX. Hey, Herc, did you hear about the news out of college football? I know you're, you're very focused on things out there. Mount the West, West baby. Uh, the Pac-12, which I guess is now what's left of it, the Pac-2, uh, is considering a merger with a Mountain West conference that could see the conferences combined into a multi-league structure that would include, wait for it, promotion and relegation. American football beating American soccer to pro-rel, Herc. Are you cool with it? Yes. 
I am cool with it. Can I tell you why? Yeah. All right, all right. Let's talk about college football for a second, okay? How do you get lower resource programs to be more appealing to all? To fans, to TV networks, to... You give them a shot at the top. Well, no, you just make every game matter, Seb. You make every game matter. Think about this for a second. A relegation game, a promotion game. Sponsors love it. Networks love it. Fans love it. You know who else is going to love it? When they see how profitable it is? American TV soccer networks. owners. Ooh. It's the next step. Because if we know anything about American soccer owners, whether it's USL or Major League Soccer, is they love them some football. Hmm. And they love competing or not competing against football. And if they see something that works, whether it's a market or a way, they will try to copy it. This can be the first domino to fall to show them that this could be lucrative. If they see that at college football, it's making money, that it works, that there is interest from fans, from networks, from sponsors, guess who else will be in? That's mm -hmm. right, soccer. I know, but isn't it kind of cheesy <laughs> like that, they've got, <laughs> that they've, they've got to wait for college football to show them that it, it's possible? Look anywhere else in the soccer world, and you will see the benefits of promotion and relegation. Or you'll see the drawbacks of promotion and relegation. But if you need to see the Pac-2 and the Mountain West in American college football do promotion and relegation to spur you on, I, I would say you're being a little too timid. So this is a wake-up call to USL. Don't be second. Be oh, first. USL. It's, clear, okay. it's clear MLS is not going to go down this road right now, I don't think. It's clear that U.S. soccer is not going to give us a, a kind of global pyramid. USL is the one shot. USL needs to do this now. I love it for college football. I, I don't know too much about the conferences, but if you go from Pac-12 to Pac-2, you're in Hail Mary mode, right? Like, you need to try something desperate. So, well, Pro-Rel is just that. Listen, college, college football is more like the Super League. That's what it's, that's what it's mm, turned into. Okay. You get to pick and choose where you want to go and compete and for the, for the money, you know, for, for what you get out of it. So Pro-Rel is your way of combating that Super League, if you will. So I absolutely love it. I, I think it could be something that's, you know, if, there is, if you can bear fruit from it, from mm -hmm. our dear Mountain West, you know, Velasco, if you can bear fruit from something like that and show others that there is a way to it, even though it is a closed system, if you will, Mm -hmm. I'm all for it. I'm all for America realizing what's already in the rest of the world. USL, you are on the clock racing against the Pac-12 and Mountain West to see who will be the first in the States to have promotion and relegation. Time for our parting shot here on Football Americas presented by Expedia Herc. It is Paris Fashion Week. I know you knew that. Of course. And Jorge Campos has his uniform in a Paris museum. How cool is this? It's absolutely cool. Do you know why it's cool? Watch why this. Is it cool? Look at the chanclas on my man at the <laughs> fashion show in Paris. Those aren't just any chanclas. Break out the Pradas. They're not that. Change. Never change, bro. They never change. Look at this. Look at oh, that beauty. Oh, my goodness. In Does production honor... have the picture of Sebi in his uniform when he was oh, younger? Oh, you know what? My, I was in my parents' basement. Uh, this past week, I've been, I've been helping them do some pre-moving stuff, and we found that picture. The good 12-year-old uh, Sebi modeling the Jorge Campos photo. You we'll have to get it in producer Beto's hands, although I think that could be very, no, very dangerous. No, he already has it. He already has it. That's why I asked him if he, yeah, he's got okay. a long time ago. 
Uh, okay. I love I love the Campos jersey. Campos, shout out. We need to get in touch with him. He's here out in Malibu. I need to go golfing with the Let's dude. Go. Uh, Let's go. But I love the jersey. By the way, since it's fashion week, they're back, baby. You know who you are. The greatness T. All right, Bumpy wow. Pitch, I see you. Wow. Goats on goats on goats. All right, that'll do it for us here on Football Americas. He's Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebi Salazar. We will be back on Monday. We'll be covering the U.S. Women's National Team game. Of course, Megan Rapinoe's farewell, as well as some big games in Liga MX, Chivas, America. Clásico Regio. Of course, what are you talking Clásico about? Regio on Saturday night. Let's go. No, and, no uh, Miami. Yeah, no Inter Miami. We will no definitely not be talking Inter Miami. Turned it off as soon as he got hurt. But go Orlando. I like what they're doing.